road again Just can't wait to get on the road again The life I love is making music with my friends Hello and welcome to this episode of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast, still being recorded in the beautiful home office of Chateau Relaxo, Florida. And yes, we are still continuing our series of stories from home because no one's traveling. Tonight, it's a show inspired by quotes. Thanks for listening. Hello, if you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. Like I said in the intro, tonight's show is inspired by quotes. I love quotes. I have done complete and total PowerPoint presentations based on a single quote, and I'm sure every single one of you are as a big a fan of PowerPoint as I am. If you ever want some good tips on a presentation, check out anything done by Tom Peters. This guy is a masterful genius. I have seen him put nothing more than a single word or a exclamation point on a slide and pontificate for 20 or 30 minutes, all filled with great and solid content. I am drinking somewhat local. I am having a Terrapin High and Hazy IPA. I have been getting more and more into the Hazy IPAs since my territory has expanded into the Northeast Corridor of the United States over the last year. In the words of the late great Yogi Berra, baseball is 90% mental. The other half is physical. With no minor league baseball games to be played, the Pensacola Blue Wahoos are getting creative and diving into the hospitality business. The team, which is a Class AA affiliate of the Minnesota Twins, listed the Blue Wahoo Stadium on Airbnb. Starting at $1,500 a night plus fees, you can sleep up to 10 guests at the stadium. Four bunk beds and a pair of queen-size beds are available in rooms adjacent to the clubhouse. Visitors will have full access to the stadium, including the batting cage. Per the listing, guests are welcome to hit hit from home plate, play catch in the outfield, run the bases, enjoy a picnic in the outfield, or find other, quote-unquote, creative uses for the field. The clubhouse features four leather couches, two flat-screen TVs, a ping-pong table, padded chairs, and two large tables. Two bathrooms with showers are connected directly to the clubhouse. And there are two more flat screen TVs and a kitchenette in the bedroom. Grab nine of your closest friends and have them each cough up around 150 bucks. You can have a once in a lifetime experience and a story worthy of travel stories. Charles Dudley Warner once said, Quarantine makes strange bedfellows. Not really. I think he used the word politics instead of quarantine. But quarantine does have me in a bit of a reflective mood, especially on my twice-a-day walks, which really hasn't caused much weight loss, but has certainly worn the hell down out of my tennis shoes. But it has made me think and be a little bit more reflective. You know, going forward, like most everybody else, I am also going to have to change the way that I do daily tasks. I will no longer open public bathroom doors without using a paper towel. I will continue to not use the remote in the hotel room because 
I don't know what the last person was doing while they were flipping through the channels. I will also continue to not sit on the hotel bedspread because I can only imagine what has happened on that bedspread since the last time it was washed or changed. Gone are the lemon slices for my tea in the morning because lemon peels have been found to contain all kinds of nasty germs, including feces. I will struggle with shaking hands with somebody that has just gotten out of their car because the number one pastime while driving alone is, guess what, picking your nose or as they say, touching your face. And I will probably have to scrub the top of every single can that I open up for roughly the same reasons. But beyond the COVID and all of the impact of that, I guess I'm going to have to make some other changes because guess what, folks? There's a lot of things out there that are trying to kill us. Gone will be my Coca-Cola because I found out it can remove toilet stains. I will no longer use saran wrap in the microwave because it causes cancer. I will no longer go to shopping malls alone because someone will drug me with a perfume sample and then rob me. I can't use anyone's toilet seat but my own because a big brown African spider is lurking under the seat and wishes to cause instant death when it bites my butt. I will probably never, ever be able to pick up a $5 drop bill in the parking lot because it was probably placed there by a gang member who is now hiding underneath the car, ready to grab my leg and inflict more harm upon me. Well, talk about a bunch of current day concerns. That whole list was a list that I posted in February of 2009 on my old blog, Frick's World. So yes, folks, things have been trying to kill us for at least 11 years. There is an African proverb that goes, if you think you're too small to make a big difference, you haven't spent the night with a mosquito. And they are right. What I would add to that would be that you have probably never spent the night with a mosquito in a tent. But here are some of my too small to make a difference contributions. Since March 16th of this year, I have put a total of $30 into my gas tank. We went out to dinner for the first time last Friday night since March 14th. This past weekend, I went to the dry cleaners for the first time since March 14th. We had done one last closet clean out, and we wanted to clean a few things before having the AMBETS pick them up. Thankfully, they were still in business, but like everybody else, they had reduced hours. Here's a quick dry cleaning tip. If you get frustrated by what it costs to dry clean a shirt, especially in the state of Florida, because of all the fees, it is absolutely outrageous. Donate your dirty shirts to Goodwill. They will wash them, starch them, clean them, hang them up on a hanger, and you can go back into the same Goodwill about seven days later and buy them back for about 65 cents. And, you know, other than food and, and some plants for the yard and booze, we have purchased very little in the last two months. When it comes to my professional business life, there are two months of no hotel rooms, no flights, no rental cars, no meals on the road. Yes, I'm small. One of 7.5 billion people in the world, but my small impact, like yours, does make a difference. Sometimes good news is hard to absorb from James Lapine. Through all of this COVID stuff, none of my friends or loved ones have gotten sick, and I am very thankful for that. 
on a selfish note, there have been a few personal benefits. We have had time to cook some great meals from Guy Fieri to the Pioneer Woman. We're not very fancy around here, but we do like to eat. I have been able to work out on a more consistent basis. My credit score has jumped from 798 to 814. And the reason for this is I have shut down two of my three credit cards. There's no balance on them. So I guess my debt to income ratio has changed enough to warrant a uh, 16 point increase in my credit score, which means I should probably go out and buy something really frivolous that doesn't make any sense. This quote comes from Ryan Bingham. The slower we move, the faster we die. We are not swans, we are sharks. And I have slowed down a bit myself. Typically my day is over roughly by 6 p.m. It has been picking up a little bit in the last week or two. But you know what? There's nothing written that says I can't be on the phone at 5.30 p.m. in my backyard while I'm enjoying a cigar. And one of the other things I have realized from being home for the last two months is that I am in desperate need of a new mattress. Over the past two months, I have watched a bunch more content on a TV screen. Uh, the keyword there is a uh, TV screen. The Tiger King, yes, uh, Carol did kill her husband. The James Bond series we have run through. Sean Connery, Goldfinger, hands down the best Bond ever. Here's another quote from Ryan Bingham. All of the things you probably hate about traveling, the recycled air, the artificial lighting, the digital juice dispensers, the cheap sushi, are all warm reminders that I'm home. And that comes from Ryan Bingham, who was played by George Clooney in the 2009 movie Up in the Air, which I have seen countless times and has, have managed to watch again in the last three or four weeks. And along with George Clooney is Anna Kendrick, who is his baby road warrior sidekick. Most road warriors hold this movie in special regard. It has lots of good looking people. It shows business travel for what it truly is. And it managed to give us Ryan Bingham's 10 rules of corporate travel. Rule number one, never get in a TSA line behind people with infants. I've never seen a stroller collapse in under 20 minutes. Absolutely true, especially flying in and out of Orlando. Lots of kids, lots of strollers. Rule number two, never get in the TSA line behind the elderly. Their bodies are littered with hidden metal. As I get older and, and more up into my years, I would agree with that as more and more metal is hidden inside my body. Number three, don't spend a nickel of your per diem unless it somehow profits your mileage account. Number four, never check a bag. It adds 30 minutes to your flight. Absolutely true. Number five, when packing, roll your shirts, tuck your socks in your shoes, fold your suits inside out. Rule number six, aisle seats are for those in control of their own destiny. I agree with this. I am an aisle seat kind of guy, but recent studies in the last 30 or 45 days show that the aisle seats are the most contaminated one. And the reason is everybody going up and down the aisle tends to put their hands on the seat. Number seven, if you're paying to upgrade, then you are doing something wrong. Absolutely true. Number eight, why do you have liquids? The hotel provides these items for free. Number nine, wristwatches don't set off the metal detector. Stop fumbling with yours. Absolutely true. Leave your wristwatch on if you ever get to go through a TSA metal detector again. And rule number 10, this is for all those fancy hotels, especially in Vegas. The red carpet is for those with status. 
here's a brochure. Please step aside. <laughs> so, Ryan Bingham's 10 Rules of Corporate Travel. It's a great movie. Even if you don't travel, it's got some, uh, it, it's a neat movie. I thoroughly enjoy it. If you have a sense of wanderlust, even while sitting at home, there are even more travel-inspired movies and well beyond the plane, trains, and automobiles. One of my favorites is A Walk in the Woods. 2015, it stars Robert Redford and Nick Nolte as two old friends who decide to make the improbable decision to hike the 2,100 miles of the Appalachian Trail. And as you could well imagine, that's when the fun begins. I took this book with me on my first road trip back in 2000. I also managed to take the Sony cordless home phone with me. <laughs> Don't ask me how, but I got to Dallas, started to unpack. And in the bottom of my suitcase was the beige Sony handset to the home phone. And this is back in 2000 when cell phones were not that prevalent. So I think that uh, my house was uh, relegated to a corded landline for a two-week trip when I came back. The AT is on my bucket list. I've been fortunate enough to spend time on the trail in four of the 14 states that it passes through. Definitely is something that I plan to finish at some point in my life. As they often say, the book was better than the movie. Absolutely the case with this, but I'll never pass a chance to see beautiful mountains, rivers, and just views from all over. Well worth checking out. Another great travel movie was the 2002 Catch Me If You Can. This is another one that was a book as well, and I put them both on the equal playing grounds. It's the real-life story of Frank Abigail, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, who was nothing more than a teenage con artist who manages to avoid the feds while pulling off elaborate schemes. He uh, famously impersonated a Pan Am pilot, a doctor, a legal prosecutor, and the film plays this all up with heavy doses of drama. Again, this movie had DiCaprio, Tom Hanks, Christopher Walken. There's a reason this film took home a handful of industry awards. It's another one well worth checking out. One of the greatest man's man of all time, Ernest Hemingway, said, I drink to make other people more interesting. And I do agree with that. Over the past couple of weeks, we watched the movie Neat, the story of bourbon. I have managed to rewatch it again since then. Neat takes you on a journey through bourbon history while blending in antidotes from many of the distillers as well as Stories from people that just happen to love bourbon, myself included. And so you get asked a lot, what makes bourbon bourbon? Well, first, it has to be made of at least 51% corn. It must be distilled in no more than 160 proof, which by the time you do the math is about 80% APV. It must be aged in new charred oak barrels, so you can't use the barrels twice. It may not be introduced to the barrel at higher than 125 proof or 62.5 APV. Bourbon, which meets the above requirements and has been aged for a minimum of two years, may, but is not required to be called straight bourbon. Bourbon aged for a period less than four years must be labeled with the duration of its aging. If an age is stated on the label, it must be the age of the youngest whiskey in the bottle. So when they make these blended whiskeys, they take multiple and multiple barrels to make the blend. 
So they actually have to label it by the age of the youngest whiskey or the youngest barrel that it came from. Only whiskeys produced in the United States can be called bourbon. So all bourbon is a whiskey, but not all whiskey is a bourbon. The other thing that you will see with regards to bourbon is something called bottled in bond. Right now I'm on a huge George Dickel bottled in bond kick. This means that the bourbon was made in a single distillery by one distiller in one distillation season, aged for at least four years in a federally bonded and supervised warehouse and is bottled at 100 proof. This is a little bit more affordable than what you see single barrel, whereas all of the bourbon comes out of a single barrel. Just something about the bottled and bond. And like I said, I'm a, on a huge George Dickel kick. I'm having a hard time finding it down in Florida. But if you come across it, it's got a blue label. Highly encourage you to try it out. If you spent any time listening to the podcast, you know about my love for the classic old fashioned and how I, you know, I make my own simple syrup using Turnado sugar. I love nothing better than having a skewer of Luxardo cherries on top of it. But there's still one more thing I like. So in the words of Robert Louis Stevenson, ice and iron cannot be welded. And the other thing that I love to add to my old fashioned is clear ice. While it really does nothing for the taste of my drink, it does allow for some beautiful Instagram-worthy pictures. If you're not familiar with clear ice, go to your freezer, grab a couple ice cubes, hold them up to the light, and more than likely they are cloudy in the center. The reason for this is that ice freezes from the outside in, which pushes all of those minerals and impurities that you see into the center of the ice cube, giving it that very cloudy appearance. Now, you can Google all kinds of methods for making clear ice. You can go down the Alton Brown method and take a very highly scientific approach to it. Some will work, some won't, but I am here to tell you the easiest way to do it, and it always works. First, go in the garage, grab that red or blue $9 six-pack igloo cooler that you've had for 10 or 15 years, wash it out, buy a couple gallons of distilled water, if you don't want to drop the $3 on the water, you can boil your own. So make sure you have a stock pot that holds right around 240 ounces of water because that's what it takes to fill one of those little coolers up, bring it to a boil up, cool it down, and then boil it again. So like I suggest, buy two gallons of distilled water. Pour the water into the igloo and place it in your freezer for at least 24 hours. I would go closer to 26. You do not want it to freeze all the way solid because if you do, you will end up with a huge ice cube that has a cloudy center. After 24, 26 hours, grab a serrated knife, a hammer, and the igloo cooler out of the freezer and head towards the sink. You're going to need it. Flip the cooler over and give it a few good taps or whacks on the bottom of the cooler. Eventually, it will break loose and this glorious clear cube of ice will emerge along with a bunch of water. That's the reason that you have the sink. So because of the igloo's insulation, your cube is going to freeze from the top down and push all that water and all the minerals and the cloudiness to the bottom. So when you flip it over, that's what all that water is that's coming out. Take that serrated knife, smooth out the rough edges, and you should now have this beautiful giant clear block of ice that's too big for any glass known to man. Grab that serrated knife, score a couple thin lines across the block, 
lay the knife into the score, tap it a couple times with the hammer. Don't smash it. Just a couple taps, it'll break off. And then repeat this process until all of your ice is cut down into pieces that you can use. Store them in a Ziploc bag. Hide it in the back of the freezer. You don't want the kids grabbing this for their high C punch. Save these cubes for special friends and special stories. If all of this sounds like way too much work, you can drop 250 bucks on a new air countertop clear ice maker, which they say is capable of making about 40 pounds of clear ice a day. In the words of comedian Bill Burr, podcasting is great, total freedom. I'm approaching 10,000 downloads from this show, which I never thought would happen. And Bill Burr is absolutely right. A Google Doc, a microphone, and I can have the freedom to create whatever I want. I appreciate so much that you guys are listening. I keep hoping to someday soon say travel safe. But until then, stay safe and thanks for listening. Hey, wait a second. Don't go. Make sure you check out all the blogs over at HypeAmerica.com. From food to travel to just general life humor, we cover all the topics. Thanks again.